is going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 11 of Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast, brought to you in part by Primetime Productions. I am with my best buddy, Mikey Sullivan. Mikey, how you doing, buddy? What's going on, Chris? Um, it's an exciting time around the hockey you know, world. We got some extensions to talk about. Um, you know, the season's going to start up in about a month. Preseason's coming around the corner soon. Bruins just had captain's practice. So everywhere you look right now, hockey's back. And, and I can I can feel it inside my body. I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm getting euphoric. I'm getting so happy. It's the best time of the year. And um, it's going to be an exciting season. Yeah, man, dude, I'm, I'm so excited. I, you know, all the videos from uh from from captain's practice, it's like, yep. geez, dude, I, I'm so amped up for this year. Well, dude, the another thing that came out of captain's practice too was um, you know, all the writers that were there, Ty Anderson, Joe Haggerty, Connor Ryan, um, they were they were all sharing photos, and you could see the new logo at Center Ice, the the yellow B with the black spokes, oh, dude. Oh my god, it's gonna be so nice. I mean, yeah, no, it looked phenomenal. Um, sorry to, you know, get off tangent there, but uh, <laughs> got to go check my trousers. Um, <laughs> no, dude, I'm so excited. It, it just, like, even it, just the, the very, like, um, minimal details that we're getting from captain's practice, just the drills that we're seeing, um, the you know, the players that we're seeing out there. I, dude, I'm so excited, and we're getting so close. Like we're less, you know, we're little over a month away. Um, there's so many like new details that are coming out. You know, uh, PTOs that are coming out. It, yep. It's just, so much is happening with this Bruins team. Um, so excited, dude! And honestly, with this with this episode, we, there's a lot to get into. Uh, so yeah, fire us up, buddy. Dude, so, I mean, we can start, you, you know, you just mentioned PTOs. I think the Bruins have signed, like, 90% of the PTOs during this offseason. But you just saw them bring in Danton Heinen on a PTO. That's another great PTO yeah. signing by them, coupled with, you know, Alex Chase on, too. But you, for the Bruins, I feel like their bottom six isn't really as solidified as we think it is, or as we like to think it is. And Danton Heinen, I'm honestly... And I said this a couple, you know, a couple of weeks ago too on on you know our podcast and other shows as well. But I was surprised that he didn't get picked up by anybody during free agency. Like that's a he's a good player. He I I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure he put somewhere around like 30 points last season. Um, he's a reliable third line guy. I mean, he he's he's really good on defense as well. He's not just an offensive guy. He plays a 200 foot game, and for all, for all 32 teams to pass up on him, only to end up back in Don Sweeney's lap, kind of works out well for for the team. Um, now, obviously, he's not signed to the organization yet. It's just a PTO. But for the Bruins to even have that option now in their back pocket and have him skating with the guys and with the team, then I think it's just all. All, all good news right there. It's a great yeah. option to have. Yeah, dude. Honestly, it's it's one of those signings. Like, uh, it's one of those. Like, what do we have to lose at this point? Like, uh, I mean, you look at a player like Danson Hyden, and um, you know the 2022-23 season. Yeah. You know, played in sixty-five games, eight goals, fourteen assists for twenty-two points. 
um, did finish at a minus five. But again, yeah. dude, like we look at this lineup, <laughs> there's so many goddamn question marks. Like, you know, know, we all, you know, especially in prior episodes of, uh, you know, Drop the Mitts, you know, uh, something's brewing. I think this is a guy that can definitely solidify himself in the bottom six of this lineup. Yeah. Um, and like I said, he's had so much success on this Bruins team. What is there not to like about this guy? And you know what? You know, I've had questions asked to me, well, is this going to, is this going to take away from um, younger guys, you know, getting an opportunity in this lineup. And I don't necessarily think that's the case. I don't think Danton Heinen is an everyday fucking bottom six forward. I don't think that's the case. I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity for, you know, plenty of players. We talk about, you know, uh, uh, Merkulov. We talk about uh, McLaughlin. We talk about the Kuntars. You know, I think there's plenty of opportunity for these guys to, you know, make a case to have their, you know, to solidify themselves in the bottom, ha- you know, bottom half of this lineup. I like this. I like this fucking PTO, dude. Along with too. Alex Chasons. I, what do they have to lose at this point? Right. That's, that's my, you know, my honest opinion on this whole fucking thing is what the fuck do they have to lose at this point, dude? You know, right. They- you know, we talk about Alex Chason. We talk about Danson Heinen. These are guys that can fucking play. They can yep. play at the at the highest level at the NHL. And I, I think these are guys that, that are going to help, you know, help this team and, you know, help these younger guys kind of uh, solidify their spots in this lineup. And um, I, I'm really a fan of these moves. I, I don't know what your thoughts are. I'd love to get them, though. Yeah, dude. I mean – even there's some connections too with Heinen and uh, Jim Montgomery. He, he, Danton Heinen played under Jim Montgomery at the University of Denver for two years, and he ended up producing 91 points in 81 games. So maybe there's a little something there with with Heinen and Montgomery, and Montgomery just knows how to use him a little bit better because. I mean, yes, it's college, but still 91 points in 81 games over two years is phenomenal. That's good, good hockey. Um, so maybe Montgomery will be able to kind of connect with him and figure out a system that works well with his game and get him to, you know, uh, produce a little bit more and more consistently. But like you said, too, who knows if he's a mainstay? You got guys like like the guys you mentioned, Merkulov, uh, Lysel, Lauko, even. You could throw in Alex Chase on if he gets signed. AJ Greer. The, the bottom six, I don't feel like is is it's going to be fluid the bottom six is going to be fluid for at least the first two to two and a half months of the season i think and then you'll start to get a clear picture of that bottom six yeah and you know you like you said dude i think what this does is it it adds a little bit more competition to this bottom six i i think we can kind of solidify the top you know the top six of this lineup um but again, this is huge, dude. Like, this, I, I think it adds a little bit more competition to the bottom six. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna light a little bit of fucking fire under these boys' Heine's ass. <laughs> um, and again, dude, like, I, I love it for this team, dude. Like, it, it's gonna make these younger guys work a little bit harder. It's gonna make them work a little bit more. Um, and again, I, I just love, I love the depth. 
obviously these guys that they're bringing in aren't they're not top six forwards they're not right. and you know what anyone who fucking says otherwise they're fucking insane and and i think they're a little bit too hopeful um i love heinen i love chase on but let's be real here these guys are bottom six forwards that's where they thrive um and I think these are guys that are, you know, that could really, really be helpful on the bottom six um, of this lineup. And, you know, could could you realistically have a guy like Heinen slide in on like a, a second line forward? Possibly. Is that where you want him? <laughs> probably not. If you're going to yeah. be a, you know, a playoff team, I probably not. But overall, I mean, what do you have to lose? Um, and honestly, it's one of those things where I, I wanted to bring something else up to you, um, with all these PTOs, how interested were, would you be in bringing in a guy like Phil Kessel, um, on a PTO? Do you think this is a guy that could, that could help this Bruins team maybe on the top six? Um, you know, where, do you think this is a realistic option for, for a team like the Bruins? Uh, to be honest, before the Heinen PTO, I would have thought maybe there was a chance they were kind of discussing it and maybe pull the trigger on it. But I think now that you got Chase on with a PTO, you got Heinen with a PTO, you got guys like Lauko, Greer already here in the system, McLaughlin. I don't think that they'll entertain it, but I think it comes from the point of it being a fun scenario for the Bruins. Almost like the same thing with Lucic, like the all the – you know, all the speculation that Lucic was going to come back. A lot of people were just thinking like, oh, that's just like the fun thing to do. Like there's no way he'd come back and look, he's back. But with, with Kessel, I don't think if you bring him here, there's too many cooks in the kitchen. I think you, I think right now this is the team that's going to compete to have a spot in the opening night roster. Yeah, no, I do. I, and honestly, it's one of those things where, like, are, is one of those things that we're, like, completely reaching for, like, kind of one of those, like, nostalgic things we're, like, hoping for. Like, you know, obviously, right. Phil is, like, a, you know, he's, you know, a legend. The Bruins, uh, he, he was picked fairly high. Um, but is it one of those things that we're, like, kind of just hoping for? But is it one of those things that that's really going to help us? I don't necessarily think so. Um, I think it's one of those things we just look at and we're like, well, it's kind of nostalgic to think about like, hey, you know, we we had Phil back in the day. Like, will he actually help us? I think at the end of the day, like, no, nah, I, I, I don't think so. I think, honestly, if I had to take my pick, like, whether we're talking like having Phil in the lineup or like a, uh, you know, one of those younger guys, um, I think I would take my pick with like, ah, you know what? Give the younger guy, you know, whether it's Merkulov, um, a McLaughlin, a Kuntar, um, give give those guys the ice. You know, I mean, I love everything Phil's done for the game and obviously his fucking Ironman streak. But, um, you know, give these guys a chance to play. Yeah, you got to. You know, you you have to. And at this point where the Bruins are at, it's like, what what are you fucking playing for at this at that point? Yeah, exactly, exactly, dude. But 
I mean, I'm I'm with you on that too. It would be a fun idea and a fun scenario, but if you really want to compete and you want these guys to develop, I think you stay away from that. And I think that's why you see the Bruins um as an organization kind of targeting these younger guys. They're not really going after any vets. Like, yeah, Lucic, yeah, Shattenkirk, but then you look around too. All these guys, Bokvist, um, Heinen, they're they're all younger guys outside of JVR too, but a lot of the signings we saw were around like the 24, 25, 26 age. And I think that's kind of what they're looking to do right now is sign people like that. But elsewhere around the league, we did see Buffalo Sabres defenseman um, Rasmus Dahlin sign an eight-year, um, eight years, $10.5 million AAV with Buffalo. Um, he's already five seasons in with the Sabres. That time flies. That's crazy. I feel like he's only been here for maybe two or three but he's been here for five. Um, never had a season less than 23 points. And that 23-point season came in a 56-game um, you know, NHL schedule. But he's last year he put up 73 points in 78. He's got 233 career points in 355 games as a defenseman. And um, he's only had – actually, he's, he's had four minus seasons. But – Last season he was a plus twelve, and you got to consider the the horrible Buffalo teams he was on during those seasons. But eight years, ten and a half for Darlene. What do you think, dude? I mean, you know, to hear you say horrible Buffalo team, you know, as big as a you know a Sabres fan that you are, I'm kind of surprised to hear that. But, um, dude, yeah, I I love, dude, I love this deal, and and honestly, Buffalo's. They're doing all the right things. Yeah, they are they're doing all the right things to bring, you know, to bring in these guys to, you know, to draft right, to solidify their team. I love this signing, dude. It, it, and honestly, with 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 a signing like this, I put it into perspective with a uh, with a guy like Charlie McAvoy. Yes. Always. Yep. You know, and being a Bruins fan, I think it's just normal, um, you know, to, to think about kind of to just put it into perspective um because obviously McAvoy's are you know our franchise defenseman yeah, he's our guy yeah he's our guy and <laughs> a guy like buff you know with a guy like Darlene in Buffalo he's their top guy you know obviously they got a guy like Owen Power but let's be real here I think if we're looking at all around defensemen I love Owen Power don't get me wrong but I think when 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 push comes to shove we're talking about Rasmus Dahlin as being the number one defenseman in Buffalo. And again, I'm going to say this again, not to take anything away from Owen Power being the number one defenseman there. I don't, I don't think he's the number one defenseman there. I think he's a very solid defenseman. I think he's, he's going to play a pivotal role in that decor. But I think Rasmus Dahlin is going to be the number one defenseman in that decor. And the reason, reason being, I think Rasmus Dahlin is going to play a pivotal, pivotal role both ends of the zone. He's going to play, you know, obviously in the in defensive zone. He's going to play a huge role in the offensive zone. He's going to put up fucking huge numbers. He's going to put up great plus-minus numbers. Yep. And again, this is I'm, – I'm going to reiterate this. I think Owen Power is going to put up solid numbers. 
I don't think he's going to put up the same numbers that Rasmus Dahlin does because I think Rasmus Dahlin is going to put up solid numbers on the power play. Yes. Uh, yep. And I think, obviously, I think he's going to be the quarterback on the, you know, on their power play and, um, you know, say what you want. Um, but again, I, I think they have to, they have a really, really solid uh, decor. We're talking Owen Power, Dahlin, and, and obviously, I know. People are going to be like, well, we, you know, we chose Owen Power, number one overall. He's going to be, if you really watch the game of hockey, I think Rasmus Dahlin is going to, he's going to be the quarterback of the power play. I think it's going to be pivotal on the, on the penalty kill. I think he's going to be a solid two way and a solid defender in his own zone. Um, and that's not to say that Owen Power isn't going to be a solid defender. Right. I, think I think they're really going to complement each other. Um, and well, thing, I'm really excited about this team. Yeah, dude. Like, the thing is, too, in the next couple of years, especially if they'll, they can find a way to keep all these guys under the cap, right? And, and they're probably in a couple of years going to have to lose one or two. But they, they're still so deep. I mean, just talking on the defensive end, power, the, the just the duo of power and Darlene, on the back end, that's scary. And they, I know they got Connor Clifton. Um, Matias Samuelson is no joke. He's a, he's a big, big body back there, and For he sure. compliments Darlene well. But like you said, too, Darlene on the power play, especially, you know, quarterbacking it with, with guys down on the wing, guys like Alex Tuck and guys like Jeff Skinner, Paterka, Middlestat, Cousins. I mean, come on. He's going to put up numbers. And – Getting him at 10.5 for eight more years, especially when the salary cap is expected to jump, that is a great deal for Buffalo. Um, they don't have to worry about losing him in free agency or, or any kind of contract talks during the season, anything like that. No distractions. They're geared up. They're ready to go. And the deal for Buffalo, Buffalo Sabres fans should be so happy. They should be so, so happy that they get to watch this guy for at least the next eight years. Yeah, dude. It, and you know what? It, it's one of those things that we look at, um, you know, especially as NHL fans, um, Bruins fans. We look at this and we kind of look at this deal and we look at this deal, um, especially from the lens of like a deal um, that was dealt, you know, from Charlie McAvoy. So right. it's one of those things. It's like, Holy shit, did we get a fucking steal? Like, it, you know, I'm still looking at Charlie McAvoy as a top five defender. Do I oh, think yeah. Rasmus Dahlin is necessarily there yet? I think he's within the top 10. Do I think he's Charlie McAvoy level? I don't think so. But I think this is a fucking great deal. Like, I I don't think I don't think Bruins fans necessarily understand the magnitude that like um how good of a deal that we got Charlie McAvoy for. Yeah. Uh, especially as the cap starts to go up. Um, I think this deal is going to look magnificent on fucking Don Sweeney um, yep. to get a literally, a, a literally top five, top five D in the, uh, in the yeah, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm looking for the words to describe him and I, a top five <laughs> defenseman in the NHL. Bon Bonafide stallion, a bona fide <laughs> stallion, and that's Shout what Jack Edwards. 
that's what he is. I like. I, I hate to say, you know, I I made my rankings earlier in the, uh, you know, in the season, and I got I caught a lot of slack, um, you know, leaving Roman Yossi out, and and that is not to say that Roman Yossi is not a great defenseman, but I think when we stack up all these defensemen, we're talking about, you know, the power play. We're talking about the penalty kill. We're talking about the all around game. Charlie McAvoy is a top five defenseman in this league. And I, I, I think, you know what? People can fucking say what they want. He is, dude. He, he's a top five all-around defenseman in this league. And, and I, I will die by that sword. Um, and it's just, you know, I understand there's a lot of very good defensemen in this league. I, I understand that. But when you stack up the all-around, we're talking the all-around game, the – defensive game we're talking the offensive game we're talking penalty kill we're talking power play the all-around game charlie mcavoy is a top five defenseman in the, in the nhl and yep. i think with rasmus Dahlin signing this deal it, it's it's just super interesting to see especially you know with us being a primarily like with us being primarily bruins fans i i think it's really interesting to see that that we locked up a number one defenseman. I think just, you know, oftentimes we kind of just roll by that. Like we don't really think about like, Hey, we locked up a number one defense. Like I think people don't really think about him being like a number one defenseman. And I think that might be numbers wise. Maybe I think often, oftentimes the, like the numbers of Charlie McAvoy aren't necessarily super sexy. Yeah, um, it's it's because he 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 never puts up astronomical offensive numbers. But yeah. the thing is, as a and we've had that conversation too when Carlson won the Norris. You don't necessarily need to do that. Be putting up 65, 70 plus points as a defenseman every year to be considered a top five, right? As long as you do all the things that you need to do in the defensive zone and you're good at it. And you can put up what he puts up, like 50 points a season. Sign me up. That's a great defenseman. Best in the league. One of. Yeah, dude, it makes you like it makes you wonder. Like, we're seeing we're seeing these deals being signed. And like honestly, like uh, you know, being Bruins fans, we're looking at this and we're like, holy shit, did we just lock up like a fucking future Norris winner for fucking nine and a half? Like, fucking right. sign me up, dude. Like our and, and you know, like obviously, I know with the, with the cap going up, and um, we're gonna see a lot of. I'm not gonna say subpar defensemen, but I'm gonna say defensemen that are maybe less um, like a tier below Charlie McAvoy. Yeah, uh, I think we're gonna see them being signed for a lot more um, on an annual value um, level. So I think that's just – it's one of those things that I think we're so um, – like for me, I'm, I'm definitely thankful to have a, a guy like Charlie McAvoy, um, you know, locked up on, on a deal that's definitely team-friendly, dude. I I think, again, um, you know, for a guy like Chucky, he – you know, there's so many things – that he, you know, that he delivers on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, he doesn't fucking bring you the sexiest numbers. Um, you know, he doesn't give you, you know, the, the Eric Carlson numbers or, uh, 
you know, Victor Hedman. But, dude, if we're talking all-around defenseman, I think, dude, he's he's one of the best. Yeah. And I think I think you're going to see Rasmus Dahlin get thrown into that conversation too more and more, especially now that the Sabres aren't just like a – you know, like an easy win. You're not walking in there and you're getting an easy win. You're going to be fighting the Sabres for two points every time you play them. Um, but with Darlene signing the extension, the, in came another extension today, and it was the Ottawa Senators um, signing Jake Sanderson to an eight-year deal worth 8.05 average annual value. It, at, what did I just say? Average annual value. And um, there it is. (laughs) And I kind of, I want to get your thoughts on this because I mean, Sanderson's played one year in the NHL, 77 games, four goals, 28 assists, 32 points. Uh, That's a lot of money to throw at a guy for one season. It's a lot. I know that I understand the risk that they're taking the risk slash reward that they're looking at, but I mean, that just if I was a member of Ottawa's front office, that deal alone would give me so much anxiety. Yeah, you know, and like you said, I, I think for people that don't necessarily know um the type of player that they're getting in Sanderson, um I think we're looking at a perennial we're looking at a number one defenseman um, yes. yeah. in Ottawa. I and I have no I have absolutely no issue saying that. Um we are looking at the number one defenseman um, for the Ottawa Senators. I have no problem saying that. Um, and I think this deal um, in the long run is it's going to be, it's going to be looked at as a fucking steal. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. This deal looks like a lot, um, especially with him having so minimal experience. Right. Um, right. I think we're, <laughs> When it's all said and done, dude, I think we're looking at this deal um, as a as a fucking steal. Um, yeah. And I think he's going to be looked at as the number one defenseman for this organization, um, for the Senators. Um, and, like, again, I don't think he's necessarily put up the stats yet. Yeah. Um, but, dude, we're looking at he's going to play the top power play. He's going to play the top penalty kill. He's going to be on the top pair. He, dude, he is what you think of as a perennial top pair defenseman. And I think yeah. he's going to be that consistently for the next 10 to 15 years. I see and, that Jake Sanderson. And, dude, you you got to think, too, could he be paired up with Chikrin all next year? I mean, Sanderson and Chikrin as a top-line pairing, that's a pretty good number one D unit. He could, but I could also see him. If this is what uh, Ottawa decides to do, I could also see him um, anchoring his own pair. Yeah, well, almost if, like Lindholm. Yeah, exactly. If they decide to pair him with a, you know, not that, you know, if they decide to kind of, um, you know, if they wanted to put Chikrin on another pair and, um, you know, put, you know, put Sanderson and, and kind of balance out those pairs, I could see them doing that. With that being said, I definitely if if that is what's going to happen, I see Sanderson being the top pair defenseman, the guy yeah. that goes against the top the top line night in night out. He is that guy. He he is that type of defenseman that 
that players fear to play against. He again, he has it all. He, he again, he can. You know, he he just he's that guy. He was he was drafted so high in the draft, and it yeah. all checks out. Again, his his entire game checks out. He the way that he you know breaks the puck out, um, the way that he can you know he just he takes over games, um, and I think he's going to be that that huge boost that the uh, Ottawa Senators need um, when we're talking about you know a top pair defenseman. That's what they needed. That's what they drafted him for. Yeah. And yeah. Honestly, dude, I he is everything that they fucking wanted. Um, he's a huge fucking pickup, and I, and I expect him to have a, a absolutely fucking huge year for them. Um, yeah, I do, I do too. I mean, Ottawa's building something similar to what Buffalo is. I think Buffalo is a little ahead of them, but they're another team that's on the up and up. And getting at least getting Sanderson inked up for eight years, I mean, sets them up for the future, especially if he really does become if that contract becomes undervalued, right? If that contract becomes a bargain and they have that much more money to spend to build around guys like Sanderson, then the gamble worked out for them and and it's smooth sailing in Ottawa makes it a little bit easier for the future. But I don't think it's going to happen where it blows up in their face because Sanderson is that guy. And he, he, I mean, this was his first year in the league and he put up, I think I said 38 points, 32 or 38 points. And as a defenseman, I mean, I think it was the right move. Um, I like the risk that they're taking with it. And um, Sanderson's going to be there for a long time, solidifying that D unit. But we did have another extension to go through too. And this time we're going to jump over to the Philadelphia Flyers um, former first-round pick Morgan Frost signed a two-year, $2.1 million um, AAV, so it comes to $4.2 million over two years. How do you feel about that one for Philly fans and for the Flyers as a whole? How do you like that deal? Um, it's kind of kind of a bridge deal, would you say? Yeah, it, dude, it, it's for sure a bridge, uh, bridge deal. Um, I think a, a guy like Morgan Frost, man – I, I just don't feel like he's necessarily gotten a chance um, to necessarily show the, you know, what he can do. Yeah. Uh, I love Morgan Frost, the player. Um, I, I think he has so, I still think he has so much fucking potential, dude. I, I mean, we're, we're looking at his, you know, since 2019, talking about his goal totals and, and games played. Um, games played, we're talking since 2019, um, 20 games played in 2019, uh, 2020, we're talking two, um, 2021, we're talking 55, uh, and then 2022, we're talking 81 games played. Um, that goal- 46 points too. For sure. Yeah. And then we're talking, you know, goal total since 2019, two, zero, Five and nineteen. I don't, dude. I, I love Morgan Frost, the player. Um, do I think he's necessarily had the chance to, um, you know, like solidify himself as like a top six forward in Philly, especially? I don't think so. Like, I just think you know, we we look at these players 
um, oftentimes, and we're so fast to call them busts. Um, I think we just we're so fast to like again call them bust. Like, oh well, they haven't you know they haven't produced. Um, and I, I I'm so you know I love to do research on these guys and actually like look to see what they've done um, at a junior level. Um, a college level, whatever. And I'm so interested by it. And I think sometimes you don't necessarily see these guys have the right fit. Do I think that Morgan Frost has necessarily had the right fit in Philly? I don't think so. He just, I understand he just signed a deal um, for an extension in Philly. With that being said, I don't know. I, I'd like to see him grab a a higher role for the Flyers. Um, I for for a guy like Morgan Frost to be buried in the top or sorry in the bottom six. Um, I don't necessarily see that as being the the best role for him for Morgan Frost, the player. I, I'm curious yeah. what you think. I mean. I think the consistency is the biggest thing that he struggled with so far. He hasn't been able to really hold down a spot in the lineup, and that might not really even be his fault. That might be coaching staff not giving him a chance, kind of similar to what Boston saw with Frederick until Montgomery came in and really gave him a a chance. But you saw last year, I mean, 81 games, and even the year before that, like you said, 55 games. But that 81-game schedule, he played almost a full year, and you see him put up 46 points as a bottom six guy. That's really good numbers. Um, and I think it's a, a comfortability factor, knowing that he's going to be there, knowing that he's have, knowing his role on the team, I think is something that he needs in order to um, continue to develop as a player and just gain a little, that little bit of confidence to help him. Cause look at the two years uh, he he um, had in Sioux in the OHL. The two years before he was drafted, sixty-seven games, one hundred and twelve points. Fifty-eight games, one hundred and nine points. This guy's a good player. He 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 just needs talent around him to help him out a little bit. And the Philly doesn't really have that. And he also needs the confidence in in you know maintaining a spot in the lineup and knowing where he stands every day when he goes to the rink. You know what I mean? Like if you have a job and you go in every day and you don't know what you're doing, your mind is already not going to be focused. Your mind is going to be elsewhere thinking like, okay, well, I'll plan for this if this is going to be my role today. If my role is going to be that, then I guess I'll switch over and do things this way. But if you know what you're walking into every day, you know the game plan, you know, you know, how to prepare, then you're going into that with a clear mindset and just focusing yourself on what to do to become better at that one thing and progress upwards. But when you're all over the place, you don't know, you're frazzled, you have no idea, you know, where you stand. And it's going to be harder for you to, to be producing at a, at a good clip. You know what I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, definitely for sure. So I, even so, like we're looking at players that aren't necessarily in the, in the show right now, um, right. especially if we're looking at players um, for Philly, um, we're looking at, you know, players like Matt Bay, uh, Mitchkov, we're looking yep. at Cutter Gauthier. Now, when we look at players like Morgan Frost, are we hoping that he puts up decent numbers to where that's 
potentially a trade piece to them? Or are we hoping that he's like a legitimate piece to, you know, to be a part of this rebuild? It's one of those things that I'm kind of curious about, especially with this two-year deal. Um, now, like, again, we're looking at this team, like, you know, what is this Philadelphia team trying to do? Um, I think from what it looks like, they're they're hoping to give Morgan Frost legitimate ice time. And I'm hope you know, again, I think he's, he's a very good player. Like, I, I think he deserves very legitimate ice time. But with that being said, like, are they hoping that Morgan Frost is going to be a legitimate player in this lineup or are they just trying to you know give him more ice to where he's like more appetizing i guess we'll say um to other nhl teams i'm curious at your take at this deal yeah i think honestly i mean morgan frost right now he's 24 years old um you like you mentioned you the flyers are expecting guys like carter gotier and matt vamichkov to make the jump relatively soon right Michkov is kind of up in the air. We're not really 100% sure on when he'd be able to come back over to the NHL and get himself into the lineup. But Gautier could play as early as next year. Um, having a guy like Morgan Frost on the team already, um, adding Cutter Gautier into that lineup, they could bounce off each other and they could help each other too. I mean, what if you're the Flyers, you wouldn't want to have one of your young – I don't want to say stars because he's not a star. You wouldn't want to have one of your young hopeful studs leave the team as you're now getting these these um, potential elite hockey players in your lineup. You don't want them to be coming into a shitstorm too. You want to have at least a guy like Morgan Frost already there um, understanding the system and, and, and producing and being hungry for these guys to come in and help them out. You know what I mean? Because that would only make the team better and it would only make Gautier and, and Michkov better too. Not saying that Frost is going to play with those guys, but just being in the lineup with a guy like that is is beneficial. Um, I think I think I think their plan is to keep him. Could I see them trading him? Sure, um, but the Flyers are kind of up in the air right now. I mean, they're they're not going to be competing for anything this year, so it's really just a year of development. Um, so I guess we'll see. Um, but I. I if I'm the Flyers front office, I envision keeping him in the lineup for when these other younger guys come into play. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely agree with you, dude. And um, um, I, I think it's one, it's one of those crazy things that you see um, and one of those, like, super interesting things you see, um, especially with being in the middle of a rebuild. Right. Uh, there's so many question marks. Yeah, we can, we can play the, you know, we can play the games of, you know, well, well, when's Mitchkov going to come over? You know, when's Cutter Gauthier going to be ready? You know, when there's so many, so many question marks that we can play. And it's just, again, I think Morgan Frost right now, if we're looking at it, is such, I think he's a, a solidified, um, if if we had to be real, a third line player. If, if, you know, I think any team would be extremely lucky to have Morgan Frost as their as a third line player for their team. Um, and, and potentially I, I think at a lower end of fourth line player. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I think he's such a talented guy and I think this is such a 
such a win for uh, for Philly. And, um, yeah, I, I just think this it, it's such a good deal for them. Yeah, uh, and, I mean, other guys for Philly, too, that are coming up. You can't forget about a guy like Oliver Bonk, either. I mean, he's – I think he's 18 or 19 right now playing defense for um, – um london i'm pretty sure yeah 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 so i mean they got guys like that coming up um in the system too so it's not all dark for the flyers and morgan frost has to see that too i know right now he's playing for torts in in philly and that can't be a ton of fun but when you're mentioning trades for the flyers you i mean take a look at a guy like kevin hayes right kevin hayes could be a, a trade piece for a potential playoff team too to help them down the line um but uh, Morgan Frost, if I'm a flyer, if I'm if I'm the Flyers GM, Flyers front office, I, I would rather keep Frost in as long as he wants to be there. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I want you know not to not to like call you out. Uh, Kevin Hayes actually is is with St. Louis now. He, uh, when did that happen? What did I miss that? This off season, yeah. I mean. A lot, of, a lot of shit has happened this offseason. Um, but yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Hey, hand up. Hand up. That's an L for yeah. Sully. Yeah. Can't, I, can't spell Sully without L. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I honestly, dude, again, it's one of those things that, like, again, <laughs> do they start making these fucking moves? Like, yeah, they, you know, they start pumping out, you know, Kevin Hayes, the Ivan Provrovs. Uh, that's right. That's right. Like again, like yeah, they're in full fucking rebuild mode. And and honestly, did they get the fucking steal of the draft? I still think so. Maybe. I I, yeah. I think you and I I think you and I can probably agree. Uh, Matt V. Mitchkov falling to seven, I believe it was. Um, I th- yep. are you fucking joking? Like I I think that's a huge fucking win the flyers yeah i i i think like again you know i think with with rebuilds it comes you know time and it comes patience and just you know overall just um it's gonna take time um with that i mean that's that's the big no you go i was just gonna say that's the I was just going to say, that's the biggest thing with, with teams like, say, like the Sharks, the Flyers. Um, I wouldn't say the Blue Jackets anymore, but but over the past couple seasons, the Blue Jackets, um, the Blackhawks, um, Arizona. <laughs> and when, when they're in these rebuilds, it all, it's just patience. You just got to be patient. You got to trust that your front office is going to do the right things. Um, they're going to draft correctly. They're going to trade correctly. It's it's not a video game. It doesn't happen overnight. There's there's always going to be a period of time, a period of suckiness for organizations before you get to be good again. It's just the way that it works. Um, it's just um, the way that sports works. And when your team is going through that, does it suck? Yeah, it fucking blows. But if you're a real diehard and you really truly care about your team, then you're going to ride with your team and you're just going to understand that you're going through the motions right now of a rebuild and know that it's not going to be that way forever unless you're the Arizona Coyotes. (laughs) (laughs) So without that shot that you just took, uh, (laughs) 
honestly, I I want to uh, I wanted to talk to you about honestly, dude. We've get, we've been getting a huge a huge amount of like whether it's questions or just uh, requests for um, college hockey, and I I think it's something that you yes. and I both a vast knowledge of. Um, yeah, I think it's something that we are both are both very passionate about. I think it's something that. It's so fucking interesting, dude. Especially with the growth of the game, um, especially as fucking uh, as far as college hockey goes, I would love to get your take. Um, especially if it's just banter going back and forth um, about your your college hockey takes, dude. Because honestly, I'm getting I'm getting names that are coming in um, that are going to be playing this year, and I, you know I'm like, holy fuck. This guy's fucking playing and he's playing in college hockey this year. Like again, yeah. I like I just I'm so interested by like especially the game of college hockey this year that I'm like, holy shit, this is gonna be well, electric this year. I, I'm so curious what your thoughts um about this year are gonna be. Well, dude, college hockey has never I I I'm honestly I don't think college hockey has ever been this good. Um, just league wide across all, you know, across the United States, there's so many good teams. There's so many good players spread out across the country. I mean, obviously the past couple of years, Michigan has been a wagon, um, BC, BC and BU right down the street from us. They're going to be top three teams. They're going to be one, two or three, both of them, um, in, in, in the country, BU is so good, dude. Macklin Celebrini, if you don't know that name yet, get familiar with that name. BC, obviously, like we were saying, Cutter Gauthier with the Flyers is there. Um, we just saw Devin Levi come out of the Northeastern. Tage Thompson played at UConn. I mean, Arizona State just got a D1 hockey program. It's College hockey has never been this good, and um, it's it's something that I'm looking forward to watching whenever, the say, like the Bruins aren't on. Or I want to throw up split screen on my TV. Say there's a big college hockey game going on. I'm splitting my TV in half and I'm watching college hockey too. Yeah. It's it's going to be electric. Um, and the fact that we're right down the street from the top two teams potentially in in the country, I will be there. I will be there for multiple games this year for sure. Yeah, dude. I like again. I uh. Like especially with this week's guest, obviously super blessed yep. to have uh, you know our buddy, uh, you know, a friend of the show, um, um, you know Ty Gallagher, who phenomenal fucking defenseman. Like fucking look out for this guy. Yeah, uh, Bruins draft pick, obviously. Um, we're looking at a team like BU who who has guys coming in. Yeah, you know. You got Macklin Celebrini, but I'm looking at guys in the back end like a Tom Willander who, you know, I, I don't think a lot of guys are talking about. Um, and I think yep. he's going to be a fucking asset to this team. Obviously, you know, they're bringing guys back like Lane Hudson. Um, yep. And again, yeah, bringing back uh, uh, veterans like Ty Gallagher who are going to be, um, you know, pivotal to that leadership group in BU. Um it's going to be so fucking interesting to see this, uh, you know, to see this group uh, in the hockey East, dude. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like, again, dude, you you know, you and I being in, uh, 
you know, being in mass, we're going to be able to flip on fucking ESPN or, you know, not ESPN, but Nesson. And we're going to be able to watch a fucking top college game. I, I'm so amped for it. Um, Dude, yeah. but it, same though, because then you go across the city to BC. They, dude, they're loaded too. You got Will Smith, you got Ryan Leonard, um, <clears throat> you got Cutter Gauthier, um, Bruins pick as well, Andre Gasol, Gabe Perot, Christ Almighty, dude. B, uh, you know what? BC might be better than BU, but they're both stacked. They're literally both stacked. Yeah, dude, I, I'm excited. I honestly, and I don't think there's anything better. And obviously, you know, this, these kids play for, you know, they work their fucking heinies off to, uh, you know, to get to the show. But um, I think, dude, with college hockey, is there anything better? I, I just, you know, I love college football. And, you know, we all fucking plan our asses on Saturdays. And, you know, we watch, you know, watch college football. We watch the SEC. But I think for, for college hockey fans, dude, is there anything better than watching Two fucking hockey East teams, or or just you know, the two big hot I I don't think there's anything better. Two fucking perennial college hockey teams. I don't think there's anything better. I I don't. Yeah, I, I two, think uh, two 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 legendary schools too, and they're going to be at the top of the food chain this year. Yeah, I like again, dude. I I think especially with college hockey, you know we. Love junior. I I watch as much junior as I can, and obviously got a lot of buddies that play junior and whatever. But I, I think with you know with with college hockey, I th- I think it's the most elite you know hockey besides the NHL that we have right now. I, I it's just again yeah. these kids they're fucking hungry. They're the you know the most skilled players that I've seen, dude, and. Such entertaining fucking puck to watch, dude. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I saw that last, uh, especially last season with the, uh, you know, the Frozen Fenway game um, that I got to watch live. These kids fucking want it. And I love that oh, yeah. shit. Uh, it, it's such phenomenal hockey. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely excited to fucking watch these kids, uh, especially this year. Um you know, we got a, we got a couple buddies, you know, from the show that, you know, definitely excited to watch and uh definitely dude, I'm 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 so amped for this year, man. I'm ready for some fucking hockey this year. Yeah, dude, I am too. Um yeah, so if you if you haven't really had a year where you got into college hockey, I would say check in this year because it, it's going to be one of the best years of NCAA hockey of all time. Um but I mean, with with covering the the PTOs, covering the extensions, um, you want to send it over to Ty? Yeah, um, I got a couple things I want to, uh, you know, definitely, definitely cover. Um, You know, we're covering this, uh, you know, Thursday. Um, Huge news, um, especially from the PWHL. Um, Oh, yeah. Yep. PWHL, you know, we're bringing in fucking Hillary Knight. Um, Dude, I, they're gonna be a dynasty. We're gonna be a goddamn wagon. Um, so yep. huge news. I mean, she's Hillary Knight is an absolute wagon, dude. I like. 
unbelievable talent. Like it, this is huge news for, uh, you know, the game of hockey, not even the game of hockey, just the game of hockey in, uh, in Boston and Massachusetts. I mean, she's unbelievably talented, not, a, not only on the ice, um, but off the ice as well. She's such a, a pioneer um, for the game of hockey, um, especially for, you know, for young girls, um, not, o- not only for young girls, but just, you know, young hockey players as a whole. Um, I think this is huge. Um, and, and we're so, you know, we're so grateful to have a player like Hillary Knight, um, you know, signing to the PWHL, you know, Boston. This is huge, dude. It's huge. As soon as I saw the news, um, it's huge. I I love it. I I always want, um, you know, the game of hockey to grow. Um, I'm all for it. I love it. Uh, What Hillary has done for the game of hockey, um, not only for young girls, just as a whole, has been huge. Um, So I'm super excited about it. Um, Congratulations, Hillary Knight. Um, We're happy to have you obviously in the uh you know city of boston we're we're so excited uh mikey let's yeah and uh, and that's 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 another you know uh organization i want to go check out some of those games too i mean i know they're playing i'm 99 sure they're playing at the warrior ice arena and i mean if you guys haven't been down there and seen that facility yet definitely go down there and check it out and there's no better time to go check it out go catch one of these games go see go see one of the best women hockey players to ever do it lace up for the city of boston and then play for you know for the city um i'll be down there for a couple games for sure this year um that's going to be a ton of fun obviously it's it's a new original six so being there at the base and the foundation and getting to start with hillary knight come on that is i'm amped up for it dude i'm honestly pumped up and i i want to go down there and I want to experience those games and I want to see what the atmosphere is like. You know, I want to see what their jerseys are going to look like. I want to see what they look like as a team. Um, so yeah, dude, I'm pumped up. I am pumped up. Yeah. You know, I, I dude, honestly, I, I, w- I was seeing all the, uh, you know, the acquisitions um, as far as like Sarah nurse goes um, just, you know, the, the different acquisitions that goes into, um, you know, the different PWHL teams. I was so interested. I was like, where the fuck, where are these, where, where are these women signing? Yeah, I'm dude. so interested to know like, where is Poulin signing? Where is Sarah nurse signing? I, I was like, so fired up, dude. I was like, where? And honestly, I, I last night I go, where is Hillary Knight going to sign? Is she going to fucking, is she going to come to Boston? Yeah, literally. There was a buzz around it, dude. <laughs> I was like, this is and, and honestly, when I woke up um, uh, you know, you know, earlier this, you know, this morning, I saw I was like, This is huge for the game yeah. of hockey. Especially Giant. in Massachusetts. Like yeah. like again, I don't I don't I don't think people realize this is phenomenal hockey, dude. These yep. these women, um they fly, know, not, dude. We're not only talking, you know, the PWHL. I, I'm talking college hockey. We're talking, you know, the the minor le- like these women can play, and, and it's such good hockey. Um, yeah. they think just as well as the men. They they fly on the ice. It's phenomenal hockey. So if you ever get the chance to watch the, uh, you know, the PWHL um, Division One um, women's hockey. 
um, you know, division, whatever it may be. These women, they're phenomenal on the ice. They think the game better than, you know, any men that I that, that I know, especially fucking beer league, like Jesus Christ, like <laughs> you know, they're fucking 20 steps ahead of me. Like, um, it's phenomenal hockey. And when I saw that Hillary Knight signed with uh, you know, with Boston, I was amped up as as a hot as a as a Bruins fan, um, and as a hockey fan as a whole. This is huge, not only for Boston, but for hockey as a whole. Um, yeah. I think it's huge. Like this is, it, it, it's so entertaining. Um, it's such good hockey. I'm super excited. Um, I've been following literally, you know, since the beginning of the week, um, seeing, you know, seeing where these women are going, you know, Sarah nurse, um, pool, you know, I just to name a few, um, I apologize. You know, I apologize if I forgot anyone, but, um, so entertaining. I'm so excited. Um, Obviously, we got a lot going on, um, a lot of hockey to look forward to. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I want to end the show um, talking about my buddy uh, Matt McRae, um, who obviously he's still fighting for his life. He's still, you know, one of the toughest motherfuckers I know, um, and. You know the the support that he's gotten, um, the support that we've all gotten is is insane. Um, and um, yeah, it's just honestly, I, it's one of those things I I wasn't really prepared to like talk. You know, say it on you know say it on air or anything. But uh, the amount of uh, support that he's gotten um has been just insane um i want to thank obviously everyone involved uh in the bruins foundation um everyone who's been involved with obviously who's who's contributed through drop the mitts um primetime productions um this kid's a fucking fighter man and uh he's He's one of the most stubborn motherfuckers I know. And, uh, yeah, he, you know, he, he doesn't give up just like none of us give up, uh, here at primetime. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't thank you guys enough for, for all the support. And, uh, I know obviously the McRae family is super grateful. Um, we've got a lot of things lined up, um, here in the future, um, you know, within the next month. Um, the next couple months and obviously through the hockey season, um, we're really excited to, uh, you know, we'll get a lot of things lined up. So I, I can't thank you guys enough for all your support. And, um, yeah, it, it's been super emotional. So I, uh, before I fucking start crying my eyes out, uh, thank you guys so much. And, uh, yeah, Mikey, I'll, I'll bring it over to you, buddy. Yeah, man, it's been awesome to see, um, obviously, all the support. And it's awesome to hear that he's, you know, he's he's doing better, right? He's doing a little bit better than than before. Um, you know, kid is a fighter, and it's amazing to see. But, yeah, man, should we, should we send it over to 
yeah, let's, uh, we are, uh, yeah, we're super uh, privileged to, we get the chance to sit down with a perennial, perennial Boston University defenseman, uh, Ty Gallagher, um, seventh round pick of the Bruins, um, 2021. Yeah. Unbelievable kid. Just, just such a, such a goof, like just, just an unbelievable kid. He, you know, he, the, the, you know, what it means to be a professional, um, what it means to be a, you know, a top defenseman. Um, and you know, I wish him nothing but the best for, you know, this upcoming season. Um, Unbelievable leader for the Boston University Terriers. Um, we bring you uh, Ty Gallagher, uh, Boston University Terriers defenseman. Thank you. Guys. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Welcome back to Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast, brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions. I am Chris Davis with Ty Gallagher, BU defenseman in Boston Bruins draft pick and prospect. Ty, how you doing, buddy? How's your summer going? Good. How are you? Uh, it's definitely oh, yeah, been good. Oh, What's that? Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. How's your summer been going, man? <laughs> it's definitely been good. No, it's uh, it's been a fun summer. I spent most of the time in Boston, and uh, I'm back in Michigan right now. I've, I've been back for about two weeks now. So it's been a good break and uh, ready to get back on Friday. There you go. What kind of what kind of things you do in the summer? Just kind of training, getting on the ice, or are you playing any golf? Definitely, definitely training and, and getting on the ice. But uh, yeah, I'm playing a lot of golf. So I actually just got off the course a little bit ago. So how'd you shoot? Uh, not not great, but not bad. Not bad. There you go. Keep morale high, man. Exactly. So yeah, I wanted I wanted to kind of dive into you know talking about your early days, um, you know when you first started playing hockey, um, then youth and all that. So you know, being a Michigan kid, growing up playing, um, you know all through, what what was, what was it that drew you to BU um, to start playing there? What about the city? Um, was it like anything specific that drew you to Boston? And also, were there any other schools that were kind of in the mix at the time? Yeah, I mean, um, to start with Boston, I mean, the city's amazing. Uh, there's there's so much stuff to do. There's never a dull moment. Um, and then with BU, I mean, just the tradition of BU hockey. When you hear when you hear the name Boston University, all you think of is is winning in a great hockey program. Um, and then also the coaching staff. Um, you know, with Coach Pandolfo, Coach Cam. Coach uh, Joe, I mean, all those guys are awesome. Um, they've helped me get to where I am, and they, they've given me the best opportunity I think I've ever had. So, um, you know, them pushing me and expecting excellence and just expecting excellence from a team uh, really just draws everyone uh, to Boston University just because of the tradition of winning. Um, you know, being from Michigan, um, I'm, from like, I'm, from, I'm from a small town, Clarkson, Michigan, and, uh, you know, just expanding, getting into a big city um, was definitely like a priority of mine. And and definitely landing in Boston was was the best possible situation just because, you know, it's just there's just so much to experience there. So and also with the uh, with the bean pot, um, I know that's a huge tradition in Boston. I've, I've experienced it for the past two years. 
Um, and in Michigan, we have we have something called the GLI, the Great Lakes Invitational. So growing up, going to that, it's it's awesome to see those Michigan-Michigan State rivalries. And now just being a part of, you know, the BUBC or the BU Northeastern rivalries is is awesome. Yeah, that was, you know, that was one of my questions later on, but we'll get to it now, man. What is it like playing uh, in the Beanpot? Because we've had a couple, you know, BC guys uh, on the show and, they, you know, they said it's unlike anything they've ever played in. Where does it rank as far as tournaments that you've played in? And uh, just just talk to us about that experience, like leading up to it and then at the actual games. What what you know, what is it like? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely other than I think the Frozen Four um, is definitely the best tournament, the most exciting tournament I've ever played in. I mean, just coming to BU, kind of kind of new to me, uh, you know, coming from Michigan, the whole culture is new to me, and um, like all you hear about is the is the Bean Pot. Like the first thing you walk on campus is like you're like, all right, we got to win the Bean Pot this year. It's like, wait, what? Like I haven't even seen where my classes are yet. <laughs> and it's it's really fun. Just just like the lead up and the anticipation, right? Like our first year, we went in knowing we were playing Harvard, and uh, you know, knowing it's going to be a good game, and every every game's a good game, right? So, um just walking in walking into the garden and then walking out onto the ice in front of all the students i mean in the uh in the finals against northeastern my first year um you like you look up in the crowd and you're like oh this is sweet like you look up at our student section our student section's taking like three sections of the of the upper bowl and then you keep looking and then you look halfway around the stadium and it's all northeastern fans and you're just like wow this could be fun right yeah. and then, like you know we ended up winning it our freshman year and and just the celebration, you could tell, like, uh, you know, the the seniors and the captains, uh, you know, Logan Cockrell, who, who had been there, um, just like that was I think that was his first bean pot of him being at BU and just like the celebration and just the joy in, in those guys' face. Like you just know how much of a tradition it is to, to the guys at BU and then just BU as a as a whole. So it's fun to be a part of that tournament. Yeah, how was that celebration, man? How how fucking crazy was that? I bet. Oh man, I mean, like it was just like the build up, and then like the final buzzer goes off, and you win one nothing in the last two minutes of the game. It's just like, oh my gosh, like you're going nuts, right? You're jumping all yeah. over guys, and you know, it's it's just the best feeling ever. So yeah, the uh, like the first game isn't you know, it's all the people that are coming from work and other and you know getting off early but it's that second game where it fucking packs up i remember last year we went first game wasn't necessarily like i mean it was still a pretty good crowd for sure but i think that second game um i think it was the first day it was freaking booming in there it was loud as hell man like again people in boston get up for this tournament like it it means a lot to a lot of people Oh yeah, um, I think the people that aren't necessarily from Boston like don't really understand like how big of a tournament this is. Yeah, definitely. I I think like even from experience, like people like that I've met on campus, um, they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to the Bean Pod. It's like, oh, like sweet, right? Like we'll see you there, and and they come back and you see them in class the next day, and they're like, oh my god, that's the craziest yeah. thing I've ever seen because they've never experienced it before. Yeah. So. Where, it's pretty, it's just pretty fun. So where does it rank in like your all time like tournaments that you've played in? Ooh, I mean, my top tournaments has to be Frozen Four, then Beanpot, yeah. and then I don't know. I played I played in a couple national championship tournaments uh, growing up, and I played in I played in U eighteen Worlds with with the US team. That was that's up there for sure. Um, 
I think like even to throw it back even further, my team actually was fortunate enough to win the Quebec uh, Pee Wee tournament. Not so that was, that was also a pretty fun tournament. So we'll brag, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, no, it's, it's, it's up there. It's, it's definitely number two or top three. Like it's, it's just such a special tradition. Yeah, man, it's it's so fun to watch you guys. Honestly, like the talent level um, in the hockey East is unbelievable. It's some of the best hockey around. Um, yeah, growing up, was there a? Did you have a favorite player? I mean, obviously, you probably had a favorite player, but was there a player growing up that you really tried to like emulate your game after? I think. I mean, growing up in Michigan as a defenseman, everyone watched Nick Lindstrom, and I think definitely a guy that I looked up. Uh, looked up to and and I mean you can say like um I want to play like him but it doesn't once you get more serious you obviously pick new guys but just like the person that he was um you know around the community and then just I mean the, his game on the ice speaks for itself but I think just the way that he carried himself all the time and then also just his play on the ice is just is definitely something that every every defenseman in Michigan looks up to. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, and obviously, I mean, you being like a, a smaller defenseman, you know, puck moving defenseman, um, you know, are there any guys in the league today that you kind of look at and, and you know, kind of see similarities? Yeah, I think uh, one guy that, um, you know, since my games progresses that people have compared me to is a guy like Connor Clifton, um, you know, just like a six foot um, yeah. you know, competitive two-way defenseman who can move pucks and also create offense but a guy who's really going to compete for everything that he need that he wants so um i think that's definitely a guy that i try and emulate uh my game after and and try to watch and and see what his tendencies are just to just add him into my game and and overall progress my game yeah you know you you mentioned you know your first couple years at bu you've had two incredibly solid years um are there any aspects of your game that you've been like working to most improve? Um, and then what would you say that like your biggest strengths are in your game? Yeah, I think uh, definitely something that, you know, everyone tries to improve and I know it's cliche, but, and I think I said it um, at development camp too, but um, it's just getting bigger, faster, stronger. I mean, with every level and, and with every step that you take, you know, more responsibilities come. Um, and just getting bigger, faster, stronger, so you're ready to to take on those responsibilities is definitely mo- the most important, um, the most important part of the summer and the off season. You know, in the gym, on the ice, and you know, just working on blue line stuff, um, game like situations um, is definitely something that I focus on in the summer too. Um, and just making sure that when I step into camp, when I step into practice on um, for BU, like you're, you're ready for every situation and you've seen things over and over again. Um, and then just some strengths. I think, I think my biggest thing is just my two way ability. Um, you know, being able to lock it down to the defensive zone and, and have that competitive mindset, um, while also being able to add offense and make a great first pass. I think that's one thing that I take pride in my game is, is being able to break out pretty much any puck that's, that's put in front of me and, and make the, the good first pass. So, um, those are definitely things I focus on, uh, every night. Um, so you got the opportunity to play with uh, with Lane Hudson, who obviously, you know, for anyone that follows college hockey, he had an unbelievable freshman year. Yeah. Um. What What was it like playing with a guy like Lane? And uh, what, what's what kind of guy is he like in the locker room for people that might not that just see the game on the ice? And and what kind of person is Lane off the ice? 
Yeah, I think you just give the puck to him and let him skate, to be honest. Yeah. But, uh, no, he – I mean, Lane's an unbelievable, unbelievable player. And, and guys who have watched our team and guys who have watched, you know, him in the past would say the same. And obviously, you know, him going high in the draft and, um, you know, having a great freshman year, which which he deserved. But what I think makes him more deserving is, is like you said, the guy that he is in the locker. I mean, I've, all the guys love him. He's he's energetic. Like, he's, he's nice to everyone, you know treats people like he wants to be treated. And I think that's definitely like a huge importance to me, at least like just being around guys who are not only good at hockey, but are also good people. And he's definitely a guy who, who uh, shows those, those aspects. And, and it's, it's really impressive. And, you know, it, it was so fun playing with him, just, just watching the skill um, that he has and just his ability to pretty much do anything at any time and, and wow everyone in the in the stadium, is even the guys on his own team. But um yeah, it's it's really fun to play to play with him and it's uh yeah, looking forward to it again next year. So Yeah, you bring up the fact that he's like an overall good human being and it kind of seems like that's like the kind of the culture that Coach Pandolfo wanted to build in that in that BU locker room. Cause oh you know, you got yourself as unbelievable human being you mentioned lane um talk to us about the chemistry in that locker room and, and obviously you guys made it pretty far last year really far yeah. um yeah talk to us about you know what the chemistry that coach pandolfo's built the chemistry between um you and all your teammates yeah i think that's definitely a huge focus for for the coaching staff with us and also our captains which our captains the my past two years and now um, my th- going into my third year with Case McCarthy. Um, I mean, all those guys have, all they do is, is push uh, culture. And I think that's, that's definitely what helps us get to get to where we go. And um, I mean, this is like the past two years, like is been the, the closest two teams have ever been on. And it's, it goes, it goes a long way. Um, I mean, obviously making it to the frozen four, but just, I mean, we're going to compete. Everyone's going to compete and it gets competitive in practice, you know, on the ice, but off the ice, you know, we're, we're going to each other's rooms. We're hanging out, we're playing video games, we're whatever, playing cards, like just hanging out and everyone loves everyone. And and it's, it's a fun team to be around. It's, there's not a single guy that you're like, Oh, like, I don't want to be around him today. And like, everyone is, you know, you walk in the locker room, it's like, Hey, what's up, man? Like, how's it going? Like whatever. And then, you know, you're with each other every day. So, um, it's definitely no one that you, no one that you get sick of. Our, our culture is, is unbelievable. And it's something that's stressed and pushed on us. And, and, um, it's something that we take pride in. Yeah. You know, you mentioned you guys made it as far as the frozen four and you don't get that far unless you have every single player, every single coach buy in. Um, so, I mean, that's definitely a huge factor and, and, you know, pretty much everyone we talk to kind of says the same thing it's you got to have everyone buying into the you know to the culture and um yeah have that chemistry with each other yeah definitely um so i i want to go back to to lane obviously his brother uh quinn is on the team too any uh sibling rivalries ever i mean they get along pretty well any good stories about those two? Oh man i mean they're the hudson's are awesome i mean they're they're fun to be around and um you know, in practice, like they'll go back and forth. I mean, everyone's seen Quinn has probably one of the best shots in college hockey. And, and that kid can like, he can shoot the puck like no one I've ever seen. And I mean, just like little things back and forth, whether like, you know, like Lane, Lane scores on, on Quinn in like a small area game, or there's a little competition drill or something, just, just them going back and forth. But 
Um, I don't know. I guess like going to classes and stuff, like it's also funny to watch them go back and forth and just the banter of, you know, who's yeah. the smart Hudson and stuff like that. But um, no, they're, they're awesome. They're funny. They're funny to be around and um, it's just an overall good time. Yeah, man. You know, you, it just triggered in my mind. You mentioned that the shot that Quinn has, we, I remember my old man and I, we, we went to the game in uh in Manchester when you guys were playing, and I remember he let one rip from like the top of the circle, and I was like, "Holy shit!" It oh, like yeah. didn't, it didn't even look like he had put any effort into it. It was fucking crazy. But yeah, you mentioned those two. It's I, I was curious if they're ever you know chirping each other all the time or you know they got a <laughs> relationship. So uh, every once in a while, I think Quinn Quinn throws the most chirps. I think he he likes to joke around with guys, which is hilarious. And I think he he loves to throw little chirps in at at uh, Lane. It's it's pretty funny. Yeah. So you know this upcoming season, um, you've brought in a, or you know the team has brought in a couple transfers, couple big transfers, um, and also bringing in a uh, freshman, uh, Macklin Celebrini, um, who he's he's being pretty highly touted. Um, have you had the opportunity to talk to any of those transfer, you know, Jack Hughes um, yeah. from Northeastern um, or, or, or Celebrini? Have you gotten the chance to talk to any of those guys? And, uh, you know, what are your expectations for the team as a whole with those guys coming in this year? Yeah, I mean, so so at BU, we, we have to do summer session, um, the second summer session. So, um, you know, everyone's on campus and, um, you know, living on campus, taking a class and they're working out and skating together um you know on our own um but yeah i mean all those guys are awesome uh like i met um macklin celebrini um he was up there for a couple weeks um and he's awesome uh he, he's a great guy he was out on the ice i mean you can just see the skill right even from a summer skate where you know you're just stick handling and it's a lot of skill work you can see you can see the skill and and his ability to play the game and see the game um just by that so um, I think definitely the expectations are high as they always are. And, um, but I think like the most important thing is too, is our mindset never changes, right? We have, we all have a goal and, and those guys are going to come in and, and buy into that goal. We have, we have full, uh, full trust in that with them. And, uh, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be a fun year. We're, we're going to be, we're going to be really good. We're going to be, you know, a team that, that teams have marked on their schedule and, uh, you know, those guys are going to add to it. We got a lot of, a lot of great talent coming in and a lot of great talent returning. So, um, you know, we're going to be super deep and it's going to be competitive, but it's going to be fun. Yeah. You know, you mentioned, you know, this is going to be your, your third year um, yeah. so with the older guys at this point um, with, with a defenseman like uh, Tom Willander, who got drafted yeah. in this year's draft. Um, what, like, what do you try to do to try to mentor a, a young guy like that? Obviously you've had great success in the NCAA. Um, you've had, really good success at, you know, at the high, at the highest level. And um, so what kind of things do you try to, you know, teach the younger kids um, about the game and then just being a uh, division one athlete? Yeah, I think, I think the most important part and what, you know, my mentors, when I came in um, for my past two years, being an underclassman, uh, I think the most important thing is just like, let them like do that, like play their game, let them be themselves. And, you know, everyone's going to make mistakes, even, you know, first round draft picks and even top 10 picks. Like we have a lot of expectations for those guys, but at the same time, we got to let them do their thing. And uh, I think like just here and there, I think, I think obviously like with experience, um, 
I think I could definitely add in some things and, and tell them, say, Hey, like on, on this one, you know, like this move will work or on this one, like look for this option. Like the guy will be gone for a breakaway, like little things like that. But you know, these guys all have skill and they have, they have a ton of talent. Um, so the most important thing is just let them play, you know, and, and, you know, good things are going to come from that. I know, um, you know, playing with Dom Fensori for, for the past two years, um, he was great with that. You know, I, I made mistakes. I made plenty of mistakes, but he was the first guy, right. When we get back to the bench, like, all right, guy, like next play here, like next play, like keep doing you right. Like it's, and it's, it's really impressive. And, and I think that's also led to a lot of my success. Um, it's just the people that I've been around. So I think just letting, letting them do their own thing and letting them play their game, obviously, because their game got them to where they are. So, um, you know, just letting their skill take over and just adding in some, some little pointers here and there, but yeah, overall just, you know, letting them do their thing. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. You know, you mentioned, you know, Dom and sorry. So it's awesome that you got, you kind of take what you learned and now you're kind of showing the younger guys and that's how that, that's how you build that winning culture and you continue yeah. that winning culture, um, you know, even after you guys leave. Um, so no, that's awesome. I mean, that's definitely good leadership right there for sure. Um, so 2021, man, the draft rolls around. Yeah. And you, you, yeah, you hear your, you know, you hear your name called seventh round Boston Bruins. Um, talk us through that day. What was that, you know, what was that experience like? Um, what was the pre-draft process like? Um, and, and I always ask, you know, did you, were there any other teams that you thought you might've been going to and were there any like, like bizarre draft questions that you got asked? Yeah. I mean, like, I think like what's so cool about the draft is like, I mean, obviously you have interviews and pre-draft interviews and all that, like questionnaires and stuff like that. But, you know, the best part is, is like, you have no idea where you could go, right? Like any team could pick you at any time. Um, but, you know, just seeing my name pop up next to the Bruins logo, it's just like a dream come true, right? It's a, it's an original six team and just, just the overall culture is, you know, competitive, hard nose, like, um, detailed culture and a winning culture. So um, just seeing your name pop up next to that, to that logo, you're just, it's, it's just a dream come true, you know, for, for someone who's grown up, you know, watching the original six teams and, and obviously the Red Wings being original six team, like the rivalries and stuff like that. And, um, and just overall, like the players who have gone through um, the Bruins program and who are at the Bruins program, right? Like um, it was just a special feeling. I had my family and friends all around me and, uh, it's definitely a big celebration. It was, it was fun. I, my dad like came in with, with the phone behind me and I had no idea, but somehow he knew, I don't know how, I think he might've just been getting ready for it, but, um, yeah, he came in with the phone and it popped up and you could see me jump up and all my friends and family jump up. But, um, it was definitely fun. Like just, just the overall process was super stressful, but it was fun. It was fun. All the interviews were, my interviews were actually, they were pretty good. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was a stressful process for sure. Any, were there any bizarre questions that you got to ask? I, I've heard some insane, like whether, whether on other podcasts or whatever, like GMs just friggin' like wild and now asking the weirdest questions. It's like, did you, yeah, did you have I, that experience or? I didn't have, I didn't have any experiences like that. To be honest, all my interviews are actually pretty mellow and like, just like, you know, asking about school and asking about hockey and just like your process and what you think and, and stuff like that. But I've had, I know guys that I played with had 
like the different questionnaires are pretty funny to see like yeah. you know they're like they're like iq questionnaires and stuff and like it's like <laughs> you're like what kind of question is this like i know they all have a purpose and they all lead to something but it's just funny to see like like the paper in front of you and it's like it's almost like that scene from miracle right when Jimmy uh, Craig. yeah when jimmy craig's like yeah i'm not taking this test or whatever it's like what is this right but it, it's fun and it, it's a fun process and just you know talking with your teammates and the people who are going through it with you are it, is definitely fun too yeah, so. you want me to take your test i'll take your test yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly we're all just crushing beers trying to figure out this test <laughs> but so you know seventh you went in the seventh round um which obviously you know dream come true for you you mentioned um yeah. i mean anytime any pick you know obviously it's a huge accomplishment does you like you going in the seventh round does that add any like motivation to you personally and does that kind of put a chip on your shoulder that hey maybe you know i i know i'm more talented i i should have gone earlier um like i said is that just something with you personally that you kind of have a chip on your shoulder yeah i mean definitely i think um you know even before the draft like I, i've always played with that little chip on my shoulder right like just trying to prove prove that I deserve to, to be where I'm at. And I mean, going in the seventh round, like I said, is a dream come true. Like it, like anywhere in the draft, like I just wanted to hear my name called. Right. And Absolutely. Um, I honestly believe that I'm, I'm in the best spot that I can be, you know, playing for BU in Boston, being drafted by the Bruins is, is definitely something that, that is not many people can say and not many people have. Um, and especially being surrounded by so many Bruins, uh, Bruins staff and ex-Bruins staff and stuff like that is definitely puts me in a good position. But um, yeah, no, it's just it, it's exciting and it's been fun. So yeah, so you know, obviously the Bruins have a couple, uh, couple of you know former BU guys, uh, Matt, Charlie McAvoy, Matty Grizzlick. Um, what kind of have they been good mentors to you? Like, what do they mean to you? Um, obviously, they've had great success at the you know at the highest level. Um, are those couple guys that you look up to? Um, do you have contact with those guys to have, have they given you any, uh, you know, tips on or whatever on, on what it takes to be successful? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so they're, they work out at BU um, over the summer. So they've, they're in and out, in and out of the gym and we see them and, and they're super friendly, right? Like they, they're always talking to the guys, hanging out with their strength coach, Ken and stuff. They're always in the gym. Um, you know, grab massages and stuff like that um, from from the people at BU. But um, no, it's been great having them around. And it's also like it's awesome to see them work out because it, it shows what it takes to become to, to jump to that next level and also become a Bruin. Right. Like those guys for the hour and a half, two hours, however they're long, however long they're in the gym, like it's go time. And it's, it's no distractions, nothing else going on except for what, what's ahead of them. And, and it's really impressive to watch them and, and just look up and, and also realize that like, that's your next step. Like that's like, that's the next step that you have to take and that's what's coming. And, and it's super, it's super exciting too, to see them in there, but no, they're, they're also, they're both great guys. And, and I've talked to them a lot this summer, especially this summer, I've, I've gotten to know them pretty well. And, um, yeah, they're just fun to be around and, and they're just like one of the guys too, at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, just, just like seeing the work that it takes, um, to jump to that next level and be, you know, superstars that they are, um, is definitely fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, you know, this summer you got to participate in the, uh, 
Bruins development camp. And I had the pleasure of meeting you there um, yeah. and talking talking to you a little bit about the week. Um, what were some of your takeaways from that week? Um, and, and were there, you know, were there any things that you were really trying to focus on going in there? Um, like things that you were trying to work on improving? Um, and then to my first question, what were your biggest takeaways um, from that week? Yeah, I think just, again, just, you know, proving that um, I'm supposed to be in the position that I'm in and I'm supposed to be on that ice with those guys. Um, and then also just, you know, getting the first taste. I mean, obviously that was my third development camp, but, um, you know, getting that taste of what being a Bruin is and what being a professional hockey player is because, you know, it's it's not easy. And um, I think, you know, a lot of guys think that it's just going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to jump right in. But, um, you know, that's not the case at all. And especially with the Bruins, right, it's, it's not only a mindset and a talent level, it's also a culture level, a character level, just, it's just a complete change of lifestyle, um, in the best way possible. Right. And they, they, uh, you know, you see them around, around the community and just, just the people that the Bruins produce and that the Bruins are is, is super special. Um, so, you know, being at dev camp, um, with all those guys and all the prospects and all the invites and all everyone there, um, that's involved in those camps is super fun. And, and it's great to get to know those guys and just just surround yourself with people that, um, you know, are are in that culture and have, you know, taken that culture in. And and yeah, it's 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 really fun. Yeah, man, you had a really strong camp. Like I said, you mentioned mentioned earlier some of your strengths. I, something I definitely noticed was your two way game, um, especially during the scrimmage. I mean, you, you know, you were able to make plays um, both ends, um, you know, making stops on defense and then producing offensively. Um, so yeah, that was, re- that was really cool to see. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it, honestly, it, it's been such a pleasure talking to you and, and I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your, uh, you know, out of your summer and out of your day to, to come join us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Uh, hopefully see you soon. Yeah, for sure, man. Best of luck this year. I know you guys will, you know, you'll kill it this year and hopefully you guys are right back at the, uh, frozen four. Thank you. I hope so too. All right, man. Take care. Right, see you soon. Bye. Bye.